0: This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months, or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course, many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the EDM Podcast, a show where I, Sam Matler, interview artists, producers, DJs and people in the industry who are doing cool stuff. Uh, Today I'm joined by German trance legend Dennis Shepard. Dennis had his first release on vinyl in 2005 after producing for just one year. Uh, Now, if you're surprised by this, don't be, because he was producing music for eight hours a day after he came home from school. So anyone who does that, anyone who produces for eight hours a day uh, for a year, you know, they're going to be good. Uh, Now, in this interview, we talk about a bunch of stuff, including whether you should learn sound design or not, advice for mixing, why you shouldn't skip the hard work or take The easy path, uh, how Dennis built his network before Facebook existed, the stress that comes with being an artist and how to deal with it, and also his trance retreat event, which is super cool. Uh, I wish I was going, but uh, definitely check that out at tranceretreat.com. I had a lot of fun chatting to Dennis, so I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you do enjoy it, I'd love if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes head over to ednprod.com slash iTunes to do so. That is com slash iTunes. Without further ado, here is Dennis Shepard. Welcome back to the EDM Podcast, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Dennis Shepard. Dennis, how's it going?
1: Really good, really good for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Actually. It's um, it's about 7pm here. I don't normally do interviews in the evening, so I'm a little bit tired, but, uh, <laughs> but we should be okay. Now, for those who don't know you, for those who don't know who you are, um, who are you? And tell us about your background. How did you get to where you are today? Okay, so uh, my full artist name is Dennis Shepard,
1: I'm from Germany, I'm a DJ and music producer. I've actually, my first release um, I've done almost 10 years ago, no, actually even a bit more than 10 years ago in May 2017, was called Pressure. Um, Yeah, and ever since I've been producing trance and progressive music, my first bookings uh, came in in 2009 yeah, and uh, how did I get to that uh, to that point? Uh, well, uh, I mean, like most of your listeners, I guess, I started music production as a hobby, and. Um From that point on, it just developed, you know, Um, if I am always when I do something, I do it properly. So I had a lot of ambition to um, take my productions to the next level. And luckily enough, I was still a student, so I had a lot of time. Uh, Basically, for years, I I was doing nothing else than producing music after school for like eight hours a day or something. Sometimes even. Yeah, so that gave me a big advantage, I think, and uh, this is why I got quickly into uh, releasing my music because I think I started in 2004 with a very amateurish software, which is called um, Dance EJ. (laughs) So it's actually pretty embarrassing. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, I I didn't have any clue at all about music production. And that was my uh, entrance into that world. And yeah, from that point on, it just developed. So um, I registered in an online community for... um, for that uh, for music productions of that uh, of dance EJ and uh, got some good feedback and connected with other people. Um, Those people told me, why don't you try a little bit of a more professional software? And that's uh, when I went into uh, producing with Reason. Mm -hmm. And um, then when I got my first few record deals, Um, one of the A&R managers introduced me to Cubase and that's where I am today still. So that is, I I changed to Cubase, I think, 11 years ago.
0: Yeah. Why, what do you like about Cubase uh, as opposed to say Logic or, or Ableton?
1: Well... Um, back then, like all, all my producer friends were basically on Cubase and that whole label. So, um, I got signed to scream and shout, which is a German house label. Um, so that was a side project, um, that I did uh, called Atricide. Uh, what, uh, and I guess many people don't know the fact and uh, I produced a, a pretty big track, which was uh, hit in 2006 in Germany, USA, and Spain, actually. And, um. Yeah, that uh, that label that assigned the track originally to um, they were all working with Cubase and back then Reason was pretty limited. There was uh, nowadays you even have VST support in uh, Reason and back then you only had a few uh, synthesizers that weren't sounding like super professional and it was pretty hard to get the the professional results we had to do a lot of tweaking and um yeah i mean even working with vocals and stuff was very complicated back then um with reason and this is why i changed to cubase and cubase only because like all all the people in my circle were using cubase were able to help me out and recommended that
0: uh you said that when you do something you do it properly um and eight hours a day after school that's a lot of time is that is that something you think you were born with that um desire to you know do it properly be fully committed or or was that instilled in you by say your parents
1: i actually honestly think it's um It just, I I was born with it, but uh, probably, I mean, my parents are pretty similar. So, so it could either be like their genetics, you know, or uh, they they taught me, I I, I can't really answer the question, but uh, I always have that desire in, in myself. uh, And um, yeah, since I was a small child, like I've always yeah yeah when I when I do something I do it properly and that has always been the case
0: since I can think. What has been the most challenging part of your journey as an artist?
1: Okay, I, I have to be uh, super honest at this point, uh, I guess. Uh, um, so I never grew up in a musical family, so the the hardest part for me was definitely composition and. Um, first of all, teaching myself about music theory and um, yeah then composing what I want to compose. like I still have that that problem nowadays that sometimes I have a melody in my head that I can't fully transform into. Uh, a melody in my sequencer so uh, yeah I, I would say if someone asked me well, what's the hardest part of music production for you I would say composition and um, yeah that still hasn't changed I mean uh, in the meantime um, at the moment I'm taking even piano lessons trying to um, get into it a bit more and I mean you as an artist, obviously, it would be easy to just concentrate on what you can do and uh, leave out what you can't do. But um, obviously, I want to improve like my my weak points. So, um, yeah, that's why why I decided to take piano lessons and um, all of that. Um, Yeah. uh, But uh, in the end, uh, honestly, I think it was uh, it will always be a weak point uh, because I think in the end, it's just talent, you know, uh, either you have a talent for a certain thing or not. I mean, you can still improve it a lot, but, um, yeah, in the end it's, it's about talent also, I guess.
0: Right. Uh, do you recommend that other producers learn music theory? Because I know that a lot of producers nowadays, uh, don't learn it at all.
1: Um, well, it definitely helps when when you compose your own um, compositions, for sure. So I, I would recommend that, for sure. Um, except if you if you just want to work on other people's material, then you don't really need it.
0: But um, if you're just remixing,
1: yeah, remixing, or if you if you just want to be. Uh, uh, like just a music producer you know who produces other people's material like uh, let's say there's a, there's another producer who needs mixing and mastering or if there's an artist who a singer who has uh, a band member who is a keyboarder for example if both come into your studio you don't really have to know anything about music theory you just have to put everything together and make it sound right but, uh, but uh, if you want to be uh, an artist a proper artist a proper producer who produces the material 100% themselves, then definitely I would recommend to uh, like look into music uh, theory. That's for sure.
0: Uh, you said off interview that um, mixing and mastering is your your favorite part of music production, and it seems like that probably comes easier to you than composition. Am I correct? Yeah, way way easier. Mm-hmm. Way. Easier. Um, yeah. What what advice? Because. it's it's the opposite for me I feel like I'm good at composition but when it comes to mixing and mastering I'm not as good what advice or what tips would you give to the producers listening to this who struggle with mixing or mastering
1: Um, so there are a few points so first of all I think you you really have to know your um, uh, monitoring system whether it's the headphones or the speakers but I personally would recommend, always recommend to mix on speakers. I know not everyone can, can do that because many people live uh, in, in apartments and don't want to disturb neighbors. Um, but honestly, I think it's still better to listen uh, on speakers, um, uh, very softly than uh, listening to headphones, um, listening on headphones. Um, and then um, I, I guess it's, it's just experience. You know, you, you, have, to, you have to analyze um, other professional tracks uh, that uh, you specifically like the mixing and mastering of. Um, I also use an analyzer um, to analyze tracks, their the mixings and masterings and the sounds and everything. I use a standalone software called uh, Penguin. It's um, done by a, a German engineer office, actually, and um, it's super detailed. And um, I've, I've never actually seen a better um, analyzer. I, I've tried a few other ones. Um, but yeah, it never gave me the same um, depth. And um, yeah, other than that, it's, um, it's definitely practicing. It's a lot of practicing and um, developing an ear for for mixing, I guess
0: how long did it take for you? Like how many years or or months did it take until you were at a point where you were proud of your music or you thought it was well mixed or well put together?
1: Mm. Um, Let me think. Uh, It probably took me a year. So pretty pretty quickly. Yes. Um, I had my first, first release on vinyl actually in 2005. So um yeah and i started in 2004 with dance ej uh, worked on it for nine months then i switched to reason and then in reason uh, i produced for um, i think a half a year or something or uh, or nine months and then i got my first release uh, i won a contest on a newcomer website called uptracks um so it was a remix contest and uh, the winner was released um on a label, uh, as part of a vinyl release. And, um, yeah, that was my f- first ever release. And then a year later I already had my first hit. So it was pretty quick, I guess. That's incredible. And then, yeah, uh, it is, but, uh, um, then, uh, it's like the learning curve was like flattening after that a little bit. So, um, after that, the improvements took way longer and were way smaller. Um, yeah so I mean if I, if I listen to those productions from 2006 I'm still pretty happy with them honestly um, especially especially like sound wise maybe not that much like uh, structure wise and um, sound design wise I think um, obviously I've improved in 10 years but um, yeah I, 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 I
0: still find them professional sounding You've done quite a bit of sound design as well. You've made a few sound sets, um, some stuff for Vengeance. What tips would you give to people struggling with sound design? And actually, before before you answer that question, I know a lot of producers, especially trans producers, who say that it's not worth learning sound design because you can just use presets. Do you agree with that?
1: Uh, partially, yes. Uh, it depends. It depends um, because... Um, in the end it's uh, definitely a time saver um, so if you are if that's something uh, you're looking at so um, then definitely presets save you a lot of time but uh, having said that i still think that you should first learn about sound design and know how things work and then you can use presets change them to your needs and save time so um, yeah that, that would be my advice on that point point. Um, and basically in the end um, even, even doing your own library is a good thing like having a certain set of sounds that you created that you uh, and only you have and then you uh, you know, do it once and then always come back and use those sounds. Uh, is also, uh, I think, very recommendable to save time, but at the same time not use what everyone else uses. Um, and then how, how do you get into sound design? I guess it's uh, like Um, the same as with most of the other parts in music production it's just for me at least it was learning by doing and also um, educating yourself by like reading uh, watching tutorials maybe and even meeting friends doing it together with them Um, for me it all started with uh, in reason actually Um, I heard um what what kind of what production was it i think it was a track by airbase called uh, genie and um a very old trance track and uh, i was super impressed by that main sound it was like a a super saw like juno kind of sound and i was i wanted that sound in my productions and uh then then I just started to try to recreate it. And I I even had a friend who was feeling the same way about it. And he was also giving it a try. And so we were both chatting. I think back then it was still ICQ <laughs> that um, messenger software. Yeah. And um, the exchanging ideas, uh, like reason, uh, template files and sound files. And, uh, yeah, like gave each other feedback. And I, I think that is still super important. You have to like have a network of people <clears throat> who, uh, also love music production. Um, preferably use the same software as you, and then you just give each other feedback and, um, I still do that nowadays. Basically, with uh, a lot of people I've connected with 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. So um, that helps a hell of a lot, I think. Just um, yeah, trying to recreate those sounds that you love in other people's productions and having people maybe even trying to do the same and then helping each other with feedback.
0: Yeah, I really like that advice. What what about building that network, though? Because a lot of people struggle with this. They get into music production. Um, they're producing music in their bedrooms. They're quite introverted, so they don't want to go out and network with people in, in person. What tips would you give for networking, say, on the internet, on Facebook? Um, or how did you approach that early on?
1: Yeah, so back then, uh, there was no Facebook in Germany yet, so um, I was relying on... Uh, online communities. So um, back then there was UpTracks, uh, which I've talked about already. There was another website called My Own Music. And there was this uh, dance EJ community and uh, basically in, in all those communities, I've just made friends, you know, like uh, uploaded tracks, um, took part in discussions in the forums um, yeah, and connected with people uh, by that. And uh, I mean, nowadays there, there are still uh, possibilities for that. I mean, if you take part in someone's masterclass, for example, and there are always uh, groups for example, that that you can take part in uh, discussions. There are free groups on Facebook that you can take part in, give other people feedback, uh, try to connect with them afterwards. So I don't know if there are still online communities that um, concentrate on amateur music and where you can upload your music, get feedback by other people. Uh, I would say so, um, but I don't know any specific websites. Um,
0: Nowadays. Yeah, I but, think uh, it's I think it's transitioned to Facebook groups.
1: okay. Yeah. Mostly. So yeah but that that is super important in my opinion and uh yeah just you know uh give and take you know give other people feedback your thoughts and um yeah get thoughts from other people and by that you automatically make friends connect with people you know um message with them maybe uh, exchange your skype details and then you you keep it even private or whatever and um yeah just help each other that that has helped me a lot
0: Yeah I think that's really good Um, especially because I don't know if this has ever happened to you but a lot of producers they get a little bit discouraged or they don't feel creative or they feel unmotivated to make music Um, and if you don't have those people around you um, the network or or friends then it can be hard to get out of the rut or get out of the um, I don't know just a, a bad mood.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, um, basically, even even listening to um, your friends, new ideas can be very exciting and can give you a push to go back into the studio and give it another try. Um, That that happened to me quite often. I mean, um, as I said, I'm I'm still having this um, circle of friends that I'm um, giving feedback to and they give feedback to me. For example, um, Code Blue is one of them. Uh, we've connected in 2006 also um, in, in an online forum. Um, the Vengeance Forum actually it, uh, still exists and there, there are still many users, uh, active users. And um, yeah, I think I've I've made uh, done a remix contest there for one of my tracks that got signed to uh, Shah Music that was back then the label of Pedro Dema and Roger Shah or DJ Shah back then and um there were there were quite a few people taking part in that contest and um like three uh, with two of the three winners I'm still in contact with today. So, wow. um, that one, one was cold blue and the other one was, um, b- back then his name was reminder and, um, he's, he's completely transitioned. He was uh, also a hobby music producer. And nowadays he's, uh, making a full living with music production, um, uh, change to other styles doing more, more commercial music styles living in cape town now um i've actually met him two weeks ago um for the first time actually so wow. uh, super cool um, and yeah I'm, I'm still in contact with those people and sometimes cold blues um, like sends me one of his ideas and That um, immediately gives me a push to even going into the studio, sometimes even uh, taking part in the creative process and uh, telling him, "Okay, you know what, Um, you know, this and this part could be different. You could uh, structure it that way. Then I go into the studio, cut the track up and um, work on certain parts and send it back to him to demonstrate all these kind of things. So definitely having friends. will definitely
0: give you another push to uh, go further with your music production, that's for sure. Right, absolutely. Um, I want to switch gears for a moment. You do a bit of teaching, you have a masterclass that pops up every now and again, you've got a trance retreat, which we're going to talk about. Um, But what are some of the mistakes that you see newer producers making?
1: I think some people want too much too quickly so they, they don't want to put the effort into well i mean it's a it's a general problem i think uh, right now in the music production scene you you have b- back then when i started there was uh, nothing like construction kits there were not many um like sound banks there were of course some but uh, I, I basically uh what i did and then what i think is a mistake is um, so I, I learned like everything from scratch. So I did my own loops. I did my own drum programming. I did my own sound design. Um, I sometimes even did my own effects, you know, and all of that. Um, and if, I think that that basic knowledge is super, super important if you want to like be at a very professional level. Um, and what many people might do. And what I don't recommend in doing is taking those construction kits or, um, um, you know, like just do the uh, production completely, like sample based, um, by templates, you know, and just, um, you know, do it that way. I don't, I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, uh, it can help if you, uh, for example, if you, If you want to use a template for a specific reason, for example, you listen to the preview online and you hear a certain sound in there. And now you want to know, okay, how did that dude program that sound for that? A template is uh, could be good. You can download it and have a look at it and see how someone did that specific sound, but not if you want to use the whole template, just uh, change a few notes here and there, and then it's your own track. That is not music production. So, um, and I think some people, w- yeah, want to get too too far too quickly and uh, might do it that way. But there's no no short way in learning music production. Um, yeah, so that that would be I think the biggest mistake some of the people do
0: yeah i I totally agree with that and i think it's getting worse and worse um you see like i'll get emails from people asking how they can make or how they can become martin Garrix in six months um (laughs) it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah yeah it's impossible especially especially uh, yeah
1: depending on your situation um if you have a job um, and you have limited time, then it, it, it's impossible. That's for sure. If, you, if you're if a um, student, you know, I, I think um, even then it's very, very, it's impossible, but uh, um, it is uh, doable in, in a less amount of time in, in yeah. <laughs> so um depending on your your life situation and how much effort you want to put into it i mean I guess if you're a family father you can't just uh, you know use all your weekends and uh, spend it with music production if you're a kid you you might prefer doing that you know and uh, just meeting your friends in the evening for a few minutes and go back to the studio but um yeah so it's it's uh, definitely it depends on your life
0: situation and your environment and yeah and your job yeah. and so on and your- yeah absolutely i'm glad you said that what does obviously you do this full time what does your uh schedule look like in terms of when do you get into the studio do you have set hours do you strive to put in a certain amount of hours every day what does that look like for you
1: yeah, so um, that's another big part um, where I'm struggling at, actually. So, uh, yeah, I think my, my day is not that, uh, it's not super structured. So um, I try to work like six to eight hours every day, but it can can be like anything. It can be music production. It can be uh, Skype teaching sessions. It can be um, doing an interview, for <laughs> example. Um and yeah so and that's it basically i, I mean i have some uh, set um, appointments for example uh, when i produce with other people i i, I don't do trance only i also do um, other stuff like pop production even um, i've just started producing uh, one of the idol runner-ups from uh, the Idol runner-up of from Germany Germany's Idol in 2008. So he approached me on uh, SoundBetter, which is a pretty cool website. Um, he found my details there, saw that I'm living in Berlin, um, listened to my tracks, loved them, and uh, thought I have the capabilities to uh, produce something for him. And it, it's uh, working out pretty well actually. So if he if we have an appointment, so f- even today uh, I'm meeting him from 11:30 to, so now it's 9am actually in Germany. I started my day at 7am, had an hour of Skype teaching session um, with a Mexican client. Um, then I had a short break, m- made a coffee, um, set everything up for our interview now. And then after that, I'm heading to the studio meeting um, my other client that I'm doing pop production with. And then basically after that i'm working on a mixing and mastering um, for another project and then my day is over so it's not like a set schedule especially because yeah. i'm uh, touring as well as a dj so that if, if i had a set schedule it wouldn't just work actually because uh, sometimes i mean um example, in July, I'm playing in Vietnam. So on Friday, so I have to leave on the Wednesday. And um, yeah, then I'm back probably on Sunday, have to rest the day as well. Um, And all all those days nowadays, back then, um, I was like, putting a little bit of pressure on myself. But nowadays, I um, keep the day of traveling as a working day. And uh, the mm-hmm. day after that, the resting day is also working day because um, otherwise you can't manage. So you actually if you in, in my case, I budget, if I get a, a gig request, I have to budget the, the, the whole time into it. So if it's Vietnam, a day of traveling, a day of resting, the day of gigging, um, day of traveling back, and a day of resting. So that's five days. It's a whole week. And I have to budget for it. So, um, yeah, if if the promoter can't pay enough to budget for a week of work of mine, then uh, I can't make it work actually, because um, yeah, that's just how things are. And um, yeah, so it's not really sch- uh, like scheduled my my um, daily work schedule, but um, yeah, I try to uh, work six to eight hours every day, and uh, yeah. Do a lot of things from home as well. So, my studio is not at home. Um, I have a, a studio place, uh, which is about 15 to 20 minutes by bicycle as well. Uh, so, in Berlin, we only bicycle. <laughs> That's the common yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, and I love it, actually, especially on days like today. Um, today is like super sunny.
0: Um, yeah, it's just great. I'm jealous. It's cold over here and it's cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's winter
1: it's in New yeah. Zealand right
0: now. Is yeah, it okay? yeah, it's winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you? I, I'm curious. Do you have those uh, resting days to avoid burnout? Is that yes, why I do? That? Yeah. Have yeah. you Have you yeah, ha- so. experienced burnout before? Is that why you put them in place?
1: Um, that's a very good question. And uh, no, I wouldn't say I've experienced burnout, but uh, I'm probably like. Like heading towards that way, if you if you w- would say so. so okay. Um, uh, I've actually uh, even got my cortisol levels tested, and um, they are increased. So. Oh nice. Why um, is that? Why do you think yeah. that is? <clears throat> um, several reasons. I think uh, first of all, as a uh, self-employed person, you have a lot of pressure.
0: Mm, of course. Um, yeah.
1: Like in general, like um, schedule um it's hard to separate private from business life so um keeping that uh, work-life balance is uh, pretty hard i think because uh, compared to when you're employed you just go there give your best and go back home and switch and you're able to switch off like i mean not in every case i know but um I mean, in many cases, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you don't really have that when you're self-employed because you're doing, especially if you also, if um, you make your passion, you work, because then, you know, where's the like uh, border of private and work, you know, especially before that it was private and then now it's uh, all of a sudden work and how do you how do you separate that it's it's very hard um, so yeah that that is one one of the things then um, as a self employed person you always have a like fluctuation of income so you have to plan ahead and um, it can give you some financial pressure at uh, certain times, which is something that you're not used to if you are employed because you have your steady income, at least if you have a good employee. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so that is another thing. And then um, obviously as a DJ, I mean, traveling is uh, super heavy on your body. Um, Like the, the traveling process itself and then staying awake during the night and uh performing um sometimes even being i mean you're not forced to but it's it's like you don't want to be an ass uh, and you know like sometimes you also have to take part in drinking and um i mean it's not i'm not saying it's not fun obviously it is but uh, it's uh, you have to at, at a certain point also like put a stop to that because if you like DJing every weekend, uh, twice every weekend. You you just can't do that, otherwise you will become an alcoholic. Um, So that sort of strain on your body, like being awake uh, in the night, um, being exposed to alcohol, then not sleeping enough because I don't know any of the DJs. Sometimes I get the luxury, but very, very rarely that after the gig I'm able to sleep for eight hours straight. So... Um, that puts a strain on your body as well on your cortisol levels <clears throat> like um, i mean i've toured india uh, for five days and had four gigs in four different cities so yeah so then you definitely don't have enough sleep and uh, you so basically you have like a certain amount like how i like to explain it is you have a certain amount of energy in your body certain uh, energy level and those things like a uh, india tour uh, that you do in 5 days in four different cities it w- it will puts definitely a strain on your en- energy levels and it goes lower and then if you don't give your body enough rest and most of the people don't, and I also didn't uh, in the past. Then um, it will not recover, so it, it will stay at that lower level, and then you do another tour, and it will uh, decrease again. And then at one point you had that, uh, yeah, point where you can't really recover anymore. You're tired all the time and all of that. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I haven't been to that point yet. Luckily, I'm uh, like self-reflecting and um, saw the first signs and um, also saw, um, like have it on paper that actually my cortisol levels are increased. So now I'm trying to do something against it. And um, another lucky thing is that uh, I married my wife last year. We are living together and she's- Thank you, <laughs> and uh, she's helping me keeping that work-life balance. You know, um, yeah, you have a motivation to like turn off the lap- laptop, not working, spending time, enjoying life. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so these these are my my tips for that, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's it's pretty hard. You always have to self reflect. You know, and. Yeah. Uh, like really look and uh, see if you if you don't do too much and um, I mean uh, in your 20s you that's also one of the things in your 20s you don't really uh, notice that you actually put a strain on your body so you do it Yes, you do it for years. I uh, was—I mean, when I was uh, studying, uh, I studied business and uh, did a bachelor. And um, while I was studying, I was already DJing. And sometimes I was uh, like, I remember that one moment there was a deadline on a Monday for. a paper that i had to hand in uh, as part of a seminar and it was like 20 pages paper and i was part of that group that did like a like a business plan i, I still remember i had that gig in kazakhstan on uh, saturday and i was flying back <laughs> on sunday it was a long flight i think 8 hours and oh. i was exhausted like you can't believe and i was uh, late minute and I worked on that paper during the flight and uh, even when I got home I wasn't finished yet and I had to work until 3am in the morning and yeah that was just horrible and I mean then you do that and uh, on Tuesday you're fine you know and you don't notice in your 20s that that actually. Ex- uh, heavy, heavy strain on your energy levels and your body, and you keep going you know, and you, you do that again because you know, uh, experience proved it's possible. You know, you're a working machine, and but then after some years of doing that, you will definitely see signs. And uh, so, I wouldn't take it to that point. So, okay. um, if I this if is good the,
0: advice, this is good. I'm 22 years old and I kind of do that sometimes.
1: You're not a working machine, although you think you are, everyone thinks. <laughs> Yes, they are. Everyone, everyone, yeah, including me. But, uh, yeah, take take a day off after such a thing and relax and maybe even leave your phone, uh, put your phone off or something and something relaxing. Something, you have to find something that relaxes you. Like f- for me, for example, it's like going to thermal baths or something or having a Or something like that, even uh, bicycling, like doing a tour, a small tour, something like that. You have to find things that you know um, where you can switch off completely and yeah, and do that, you know, and uh, keep at it. I mean, uh, I'm sounding like like, uh, you know the the old grandpa giving advice. In in a perfect world, I would do that uh, as well every weekend and all that. I know it's it's not really possible, but uh, having it having it in mind and um, knowing of it and knowing that your energies energy levels are not uh, um, like there forever, uh, that is enough. And being self reflective, I would say.
0: I think it's really important. Do you know Joey Suki, artist coach? Uh, used to be a pretty big DJ. Um, he worked with Hardwell and did stuff on Revealed Recordings but I talked to him last week and um, he stopped DJing because he burned out and he did the India tour it must have been similar to yours like 4 gigs Mm -hmm. in 5 days and he said that he burned out completely he felt physically sick he physically collapsed uh, when he got back home to the Netherlands Um, and he said he felt lonely the whole time and it was just a phenomenal story about um what can happen if you don't take the time to rest uh it's pretty crazy
1: definitely and uh that's a good point feeling lonely yeah that's for sure uh, i mean you it's like you always you always have to keep in mind that um it's just like a role you're you're basically going into um i mean you 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 are at that moment at that weekend. You are you are the DJ, and uh, there are tons of people looking up to you, being nice to you. But when you're back at your hotel room, that's exactly um, I guess what what he felt as well is you're lonely, you know, and uh, that's why it's super important to keep your friends at home, make time for them, and I know there are other people, um, uh, some. Um, Who's who, what's his name? Gary Vaynerchuk or something? He's Gary like a business Gary Vaynerchuk.
0: Advisor. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: So he said, "Work your ass off in your twenties. Uh, on weekends, don't I, meet your yeah, friends." I, I don't
0: agree with brother. that.
1: Yeah, I also don't agree with that because in in your thirties you will be burned out, um, and. um So my advice would be completely different. And uh, you you won't feel lonely if you know at home you will see either your girlfriend uh, or your best friend or, you know, um, and like set things up and commit to them and don't forget about your friends. It's uh, super, super important. And um, yeah, and try to... If you are if uh, if you are a DJ, try to have a word as well when your manager or booking agent books your flights. Okay. Uh, they always try. They always try to save money, book you 6 a.m. flight after uh, you're playing a gig somewhere else, and you you basically end up with no sleep in the airplane, which is yeah, horrible, horrible. It's a horrible feeling. Um, and um, yeah, you should rather take a, a flight at 6pm, you know, if it's uh, if it's a closed city, and uh, yeah, uh, have a proper sleep at the hotel, and um, do a late checkout even, you know. Uh, things like that. Ha- have a look at that. And even I mean, uh, spend a bit more money even, you know, and uh, go out with a bit less money. And uh, take a flight that is uh, later
0: and a bit more expensive. Uh, your health will thank you, that's for sure. You've got this really cool concept that you put together. My friend Sirik told me about it. He introduced us, um, Hyperbits. Yeah. yeah. It's called the Trans Retreat. It's in Bali. Can you tell the listeners what that's all about? Because uh, I think it's such a cool idea.
1: Cool, awesome. Yeah, so um, Trans Retreat is basically... Um, a group of people. Um, so a group of DJs uh, or uh, specifically producers and a group of paying guests who will all stay in one villa for a whole week. And we producers will actually teach the paying guests about music production, all kind, uh, all aspects of music production in uh, seminars throughout the week. So every producer will hold uh, two three-hour seminars and uh, via one-on-one sessions and um, we actually we were happy enough to get like really well-known names in the trend scene so that is mark Sixma, ma Van and real and protoculture and me and um, yeah i mean it's like basically a week uh, like of meeting friends that you're not friends with yet, but uh, everyone loves trans and it will just be um, amazing, you know, like talking about um, like, uh, I mean, it will be we will have a cook, we will have a lunch and dinner together, You, we will be um, talking about all kinds of things, um, even during the evenings, you know, obviously business um, DJing as well. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. music production, obviously, but that will also be covered with the seminars and one on one sessions. And we Well, how do I actually, how did I get that idea? So basically I was reading um, a German digital nomad blog and um, they uh, digital nomads kind of have that, uh, those workations. So yeah, yeah vacation is work and vacation uh, fused together and um, so they meet up like 15 people or something or 10 people rent a villa somewhere in uh, Southeast Asia or South Africa or wherever or South America and um, they, they just work from there with the laptops and um, kind of um, help each other, connect with each other. So for example let's say someone has a lifestyle blog and someone is a graphic designer. So they could work uh, together, like during during that particular time and help each other, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's how I got the idea. Uh, I thought that uh, shouldn't that also be possible for music production. And then um, thought, um, yeah, why not let me approach some of my friends, uh, music producer friends and see if they want to do it. And um, then I talked with one of my other uh, students about it, and uh, his name is Edwin Sui, and he's actually now the co-founder of uh, Trans Retreat. He had that idea, like he said, you know what, Uh, if like you producers would meet up for a week, actually, I, I would like to pay to be part of that you know just to watch it and learn from you guys you know and this is how we kind of developed that trans retreat idea f- from that uh discussion you know and um yeah then that's when i approached the, the other producers and said well what would you think of you know like that whole concept yeah and uh, it it went really well i mean uh, all the producers absolutely loved the concept um the uh, reception and the everyone the the reception of the the concept in public like uh, everyone loves it like uh, all we are almost sold out already like i mean we had wow. 12 spots 12 spots and four are remaining so oh, wow. um yeah Almost all single rooms are sold out. We have one spot left and we have uh, three shared spots left. So shared would mean you you share a room with uh, someone else you don't know or you can uh, even get your friends as well and then both of you can share one room
0: as well. Yeah. Awesome. And if people want to learn more about this, where can they go?
1: They can go to uh, transretreat.com. Very simple. Uh, or, to my, or to my Facebook, uh, Dennis Shepard. And uh, I have a big um, header image there as well, uh, advertising for the whole thing. But uh, I guess transretreat.com is the best source.
0: Cool, cool. Hey, Dennis, thanks so much for your time. Uh, before you go, do you have any last words of advice uh, for those listening?
1: Well, definitely. I mean, um, uh, I think uh, what always helps is um, like take, taking that approach that I uh, took and still take in my life. If you do something, do it. Uh, give it all, or don't do it at all. You know, um, like give it your everything. Um, and uh, I mean that that should help you getting far with music production. And then be be self-reflective. Um, so, like get other people to listen to your music production. Don't get upset if the feedback is not as expected. Um, Think of how you can improve. Um, Obviously, it's not about satisfying other people. I I know that as well. But um, I mean, if you ask 10 people and 10 people tell you that melody is not sounding right, then there's something wrong with it believe me and uh, take that advice don't get upset with people and uh, try to always like always try to improve uh, yourself not only with music production but uh, in general in life i would say yeah that's my advice for you guys